The next thing that I do with the podcast that I really encourage you guys to do is to get reviews. You know, for me, it's reviews on iTunes. That's really the best place to get reviews for the podcast. So heck, I'm going to go ahead and ask right now. If you guys have not reviewed the Women of Substance podcast or the Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast and you feel compelled to do that, go over to iTunes and give us a review. And the, the star rating is awesome, but just a little written review is even better because it's, it's just really, really helps people find us and it helps us in the algorithm. And it's the same thing for you guys. When you've got an album on CD Baby or Amazon or any place like that, you want to ask for those reviews. They make all the difference. And truthfully, I mean, the best reviews are from fans that are spontaneous, but there's nothing wrong with asking for review and giving them a reward for it. You know, plenty of people do that. Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hello and welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've probably heard me mention our sponsor, Studio Sweden Headphones. I'm extremely proud to have them sponsor this show, not only because they make a great product, but because they are innovators, because they're trying to bring together the world of headphones in a way that no one else has. If you've noticed, like sometimes you try to buy headphones and there's these really cool looking headphones, but they actually don't sound that good. Or these headphones that sound amazing and they've got all the technology you want, but they're not really at all stylish. They are trying to bridge that gap. They're trying to bring together the technology and the fashion. And they really have done that in their line of headphones. Their headphones are all wireless and they do work with Bluetooth devices, but you do have the ability to connect a cord if you want to actually use them as corded headphones. They're so versatile and I use them all the time, whether I'm on the go or I'm here in my studio recording. They are the perfect companion for all things audio. So I highly recommend you check them out at studiosweden.com. That's S-U-D-I-O sweden.com. And you don't just have to be in Europe to take advantage of this. They have free worldwide shipping. So this is open to all of you, everyone that's listening right now. Go to studiosweden.com. Check out how cool they look, and I can attest to how great they sound, and consider them as a great Christmas gift for somebody that you love or maybe yourself. You can use promo code FEM15 to get 15% off anything in their catalog. That's FEM15. And of course, you have their worldwide free shipping as well. Now we're going to get into our content for today, taken from my Facebook live show, Indie Interactive, where I'm talking about the marketing lessons that I've learned after reaching over 300,000 downloads 
and hitting 10,000 plus listeners a month on the Women of Substance Music Podcast. These are lessons that you can apply to your music career. They're not just about podcasts. They are marketing universal, and I know that you're going to find some actionable content in this lesson. And be sure to stay to the end because I have kind of an important announcement that I think you're going to want to hear. But I'm going to jump right into the first marketing lesson from my podcast, which is cast a wide net. So when I first started the podcast, I didn't just start it on iTunes. I mean, that's kind of where everybody starts with podcasts, but I knew that I needed to catch everybody where they are. And so I didn't want to just be on iTunes because not everybody consumes podcasts on iTunes. Not everybody has an iOS device. Um, back then, the, the podcast app was not nearly as good. And so I knew I needed to be on Stitcher for people on Android. I knew at that point I needed to be on SoundCloud so it was really easy to share. I knew that I needed to get into places like TuneIn and iHeartRadio and other places that can distribute my podcast. So the way that I apply this to you guys in music is don't just put your music on one channel. And I think we're tempted because we really want to sell our music. We're tempted to just put it on our website and, you know, tell everybody to go there. But you have to realize that not everybody is going to consume music that way, um, especially the younger people nowadays um, consume music in such different ways. You know, my daughter listens to all of her music on YouTube. You know, many other people I know listen exclusively to Spotify or Pandora. Um, but some people still listen to CDs, you know, and many people do, you know, listen to music on people's websites. And the great thing about websites is it's easy to put a link somewhere and people can listen. Um, you know, I think even SoundCloud is still a really a good place to have your music or Bandcamp nowadays because it's easy to share. So um, I'd love to know from you guys, like, do you have your music in a lot of different places? Because I think that's important. I think that we don't need to be stingy with our music. We need to get it into the places where people are already and it's in their native environment because you're not necessarily going to get somebody who's not a podcast you know, listener or not a, a normal like iOS listener to listen to it there when they would normally listen to music on TuneIn or iHeartRadio or something like that. So think about where you've got your music and make sure that you have a wide enough net cast to, to catch everybody where they're at. The, the one great thing about my show is that I'm actually promoting other people. So that's kind of something we can do as musicians too. Like we can lift ourselves up by promoting other people. You can do kind of cross promotion with other artists and, you know, say, well, I want to do a promotion to you, to my audience and tell people about your music. And then will you do that to your audience about my music? And I think sometimes it's so much easier to talk about other people's music and to promote other people than it is to promote yours. We need an, a hashtag. Don't be stingy. I like that one. I think I need to just, if that's not one's not there, I need to create it. Um, because I feel like sometimes we're, we're hoarding, we're hoarding our music because we want people to consume it in a certain way. 
And that's not always going to happen. And we're going to sacrifice listeners for that. So keep that in mind. Um, so another thing that I do with my podcast is I always ask people to connect with me on lots of different social media. Again, just like the platforms, not everybody is on every social media. So when I, when I contact the artists that I work with, and you can get, guys can do this with your fans, ask, give them a lot of options to connect with you on different social media. And I'm not saying you need to be everywhere, but you know, maybe in one email you suggest that they connect with you on YouTube and subscribe to your channel. In another video, another email, you suggest that they connect with you on Facebook. And so, you know, maybe the person that doesn't really use YouTube, they'll just ignore that first one, but then they'll see connect with me on Facebook and they'll be like, oh, I'll do that. I'm on Facebook all the time. So make sure you give them a lot of options to connect with you as well. Um, and you don't need to be on every social media channel, but, but like I always say, like every musician I think should be on YouTube and then pick one or two other channels and make sure that you, you make those options readily available to your fans so they can find you on those other places. So I always make sure to put our social links everywhere. It's all over our podcast page. It's in all the emails that I send to all of our artists that are on the show to make sure that they connect with us so they see it when we're promoting the show. And then that moves on to the next one, which is I ask them to share. So you can absolutely do the same thing with your fans. Don't feel shy to ask them to share. And you can ask them very, very nicely. You know, we don't have to be like, go share my stuff. You know, you can say, I, it would mean the world to me if you would be willing to share this with some of your friends or, you know, say it in a way that sounds so appreciative and full of gratitude. And it's going to be hard for them to say no. Um, on that same note, make sure that whatever you're asking them to share is very shareable. So, you know, if you ask them to share a video, make sure that you give them the link to it such that it's very shareable, the sharing link. If you ask them to share something on Facebook, make sure that they have a link that they can share on Facebook that makes sense on Facebook and not, you know, like a YouTube link on Facebook because that doesn't really go over well on Facebook. So make sure that you've got the right links in the right places and when you ask them to share, you make it so easy. It's like a no brainer. They just click one button and they've shared. Um, and what I do with the podcast is I tag everybody. So it's so easy for them to share because it just pops up right in their feed and they can just hit the share button and they do it all day long. I, you know, I probably get an average of, I'd say, five to seven shares every time I put out a podcast just on Facebook because the artists are doing that for me. So, you know, if you ask, and I don't even ask them, but I tag them. So that's kind of like an ask. But if you ask your fans, they will totally share. They want to share the wealth of what you have to offer because they're your fans. So don't be afraid to ask. Um, let's see. The other thing that I do that I want to make sure you guys remember is to continue to market something after you release it. So if you guys follow me on Twitter, you might notice that I promote older podcasts and I have, you know, kind of an automated system that allows me to continue to promote older podcasts 
so they're not just forgotten as soon as they're released. And it's the same thing with our albums and our singles and our videos and all that stuff. When you guys create your, your automation for your um, social media or if you set up some kind of a spreadsheet to share on social media every week, make sure that you throw in some of those things that you've released in the past. You know, any of your new fans will not have seen something you released three months ago. And maybe some of them that, you know, were there, they missed it. Or maybe they wanted a chance to share it with more people and just got busy. So make sure that, you know, our releases don't go into the graveyard. You know, we we have plenty of time to continue to share things. Something that you released even two years ago, if it makes sense to share it now, if it has a very timely message, you know, if it's if it's something that's that's like evergreen, like it, for example, if it's a holiday song, you know, you can keep sharing that every year around the holidays. If it relates to a specific event, you know, you can you can share that. Or if you just want to bring something back that's just really near and dear to your heart, don't feel like you can't share that because it's too old. Um, as long as it still fits with your brand and everything, there's nothing wrong with doing that. So I would love to know from you guys in the chat, now that there's a bunch of you in there, um, do you guys do this? Do you share older content? Are you, you know, cognizant of the fact that you need to continue to share these things and they don't, they don't die as soon as you, you send them out? Now, I know some PR agents will say, you know, when you have a release, it's important to get a whole bunch of PR around it, around the release, because, you know, after a little bit after your release, it's kind of old news. But when it comes to you and your fans, that's different. I don't think that things that we release three months, six months, a year ago are old news to our fans, especially if we're constantly getting new fans as we should. So there are, you know, constantly new fans to the Women of Substance podcast. And every time that I share an older episode to them, it's completely new. And they don't even realize it's old because it's just, it's a numbering system. It's not like it said this was released on this date. It just says, you know, this podcast number and these are the artists that are on the show. And to them, it's new. So um, I'm going to go and check and see what people are saying about that. Yay. Okay. Molly says, sure do. Good job. Um, very good anniversaries. Oh yeah. Yes, totally. You know, in fact, we are, we are coming up on the 10 year anniversary of women of substance. I started women of substance radio in November, 2007. So I'm going to basically say that right now is our anniversary, even though it is in about maybe two weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm feeling very anniversary ish right now. And that's another reason that I'm doing this episode. Yeah, I'm glad you guys agree with what I'm saying because you don't want to, to, you've worked really hard on these things, right? You want to make sure that you really milk them for all they're worth and make sure that everybody that wants to see them does see them. The next thing that I do with the podcast that I really encourage you guys to do is to get reviews. You know, for me, it's reviews on iTunes. That's really the best place to get reviews for the podcast. So heck, I'm going to go ahead and ask right now. If you guys have not reviewed the Women of Substance podcast or the Female Entrepreneur Musician podcast and you feel compelled to do that, go over to iTunes and give us a review. And the the star rating is awesome, but just a little written review is even better because it's it's just really, really helps people find us and it helps us in the algorithm. And it's the same thing for you guys. 
when you've got an album on CD Baby or Amazon or any place like that, you want to ask for those reviews. They make all the difference. And truthfully, I mean, the best reviews are from fans that are spontaneous, but there's nothing wrong with asking for review and giving them a reward for it. You know, plenty of people do that. You can say, you know, out of all the reviews I get in this next month, I'm going to draw one name at random and give them some special package. Um, you can ask your friends that you're, you know, really close with to give you a review because they're your fans too. Like, don't feel bad about asking. I don't feel bad about asking my mom for a review. She's like a true fan. So why not? You know, um, let's see. I'm reading what Molly said. Yes. Things stay relevant on the internet. That is so true. That is part of the, the beauty of the internet. Um, so I want to challenge you guys to get some more reviews for your albums that you have out there, or also on your Facebook page, there is an option to get reviews there. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. I know some of you have been asking each other for reviews, but if you're in the Academy or you're in the free group, you know, if you want to start a thread exchanging reviews, I think that's totally cool because we are all fans of each other's music. We're going to be honest. And, you know, if you don't think the music is good, then don't review them. But pretty much everyone I know here has great music. So I'm not worried about that. Um, so yeah, I challenge you guys to get some more reviews because it really does help your ranking on those sites. Um, I'm so cognizant of reviews when I do anything on Amazon nowadays because I want to know that what I'm getting is good and some other people think it's good before I buy it. So just keep that in mind that reviews are, are getting so much more important these days. So we do need to to really take the trouble to go out and get those reviews and ask for them. Okay, so next, involving others in your music. This is huge. So obviously for me, this is built in with the podcast, right? I've got seven artists every week um, that I put on the show and I promote their music and I talk about them and I put their, um, you know, I put their links on the page and all that stuff. And so when I do that, you know, they're obviously going to want to share it because that makes them, you know, look cool to be on the show with all these other great artists. They're going to want to share it. And you can do the same thing with your music. So it's just interviewing somebody um, on for the FEM podcast. It's going to come out in end of December. But I was interviewing her the other day and we were talking about this and she involved a bunch of her fans on her album. She had them come into the studio and sing on one of the songs. And what's so cool about that is all of them are obviously really excited about the album coming out because they are on the album. They were physically involved in it. And so what are they going to do? They're going to invite all their friends to the CD release party. They're going to buy a bunch of copies and give it away as Christmas gifts, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I did a little bit of this on, on one of my albums where I had some friends come in and sing. And that was really fun. It was not only a fun experience, but it makes them feel like, you know, it's a piece of them and they want to share it. So any way that you guys, if you can get some friends involved in a video that you're shooting, if you can get them involved in the studio, um, if you can ask your fans to somehow contribute to either your website or, um, you know, create like I've seen artists create, um, have fans create videos 
for them or have a video contest that fans create from concert footage and all kinds of cool stuff. Getting more people involved are going to make them more excited to share that you're going to get out to new circles and it's just going to help expand your reach further and further concentric circles. So think about how you can do that with your music. Okay. So next, let's see, shareable images. So that's one thing that I do. And I'm trying to think of how you guys can to work this in. But um, when you ask people to share, if you have an image that goes with it, it's so much easier for them to share because it you know, will pop up easier on their feed and people will see it better and it will look nice and it will help with your branding and everything. So when you ask people to share, if you can give them an image and if there's somebody that's somehow involved, like say you do a show with another artist. If you can create like an image that has both of you on it that, that you know, shows that you're performing together, that is so cool for them because it's like a personalized image that they can go out and share. And so I do this for the podcast and it's been super popular. And it's like, yes, I spend a little bit of money having the person that helps me create my images do them every week. But it's free advertising because they're out there sharing this image that, you know, looks good. It's got my branding on it. It's got their name on it. So they're proud to share it. And so any way that you can think of to give away things that people can share that have your branding on it is just going to be so much better for you. And it's cool for them because it looks good. It makes them want to share what you've got. Okay. so. Lastly, I test. So I've tested a lot of things along the way and we always need to be like scientists in the marketing world. We need to be testing different things. So I've tested many things along the way and many things I've stuck with and several things I haven't. And then I've put in new things. So, you know, when I first started, like I said, we were on SoundCloud and we put every single one on SoundCloud. And over time, I found that there just wasn't a lot of sticking power on SoundCloud. And it's to make more sense for me to share on the social media directly from the blog that's created from my podcast instead of SoundCloud. So instead of paying, you know, after a year I was in SoundCloud, I reevaluated and said, nope, this isn't worth the $121 or whatever it is to pay for that. And I discontinued that. And you know, I did an analysis and decided that that wasn't worth my time and money. Um, but when I did that, then I started looking at other things that I could add. So um, I added in promoting on LinkedIn. And actually, that has actually been really, really good. I've seen a big uptick from promoting on LinkedIn, which who knew, right? I, I wouldn't have thought of that at first. Um, I tried, I used to promote on Clamor and when Clamor was new and it seemed like a great platform, but we just weren't getting enough traction there to make it worth it. It was all the same people that were listening and it wasn't bringing in new listeners. So I decided to stop spending time on that and I may add something new, you know, I might like check out Anchor FM or whatever, you know, new platform that I want to try to, to promote the podcast. Um, so I just want to encourage you to like test different things, test them one at a time and see if they're really working for you. And don't be afraid to abandon them if they're not working, but make sure you've given it the good college try, you know, make sure that you've tested it for a long enough period 
in my experience with marketing, I think you really need to test something for about six months before you really know if it's going to have traction for you because these things don't happen quickly. You know, I didn't get 300,000 downloads in the first year even, you know, it takes a long time to build this thing up. And I think it took me maybe a year and a half to get to a hundred thousand downloads. And now I'm at around 300,000 after almost three years. So it, it just takes sticking to it and testing and then reevaluating constantly. And so on that note, I actually have a bit of an announcement today and, and it relates to us, you know, being 10 years in on women of substance um, and this whole testing idea. So when we started out in 2007, we were an online radio station. And if you guys knew us back then, we started out on Live 365 and then we moved to our own platform and we've moved to a couple different platforms since then with different players, with you know lots of features and all those kinds of things. And we started out as an online radio station because that's what made sense in 2007. People were not thinking about podcasts then. They were thinking about radio. And when you said radio, that had a certain amount of cachet, even if it was online. Now, I've seen that declining over the years. And I've been looking at it and every year I'll look back at it and say, I don't know, is, you know, should I continue with this? And after I created the podcast, I started watching to see, you know, which one was going to be better or if I wanted to keep them both. And so far it had been good to keep them both. But in the last six months, for many reasons, it has been clear to me that what we really want to do is triple down on the podcast. It's been growing like crazy. Um, it's so shareable. It is um, just, you know, it can be on so many different platforms. It's on demand. It's people can listen whenever they want. You can put it right into the Facebook feed or whatever feed and people can just listen right there without having to go to another platform. And so for that reason, I've decided to actually stop broadcasting on Women of Substance Radio and just be doing the podcast. And for all the reasons that podcasts are awesome, the radio station is not. It's not as shareable. It's not as easily accessible. It is not on demand. And half the time or even three-fourths of the time, people are actually confused between what a radio station is and what a podcast is and why their song that plays on the radio is not on demand. Um, so I've just found that in the new climate, podcasts are the wave of the future and they're the wave of now. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And I really don't think it's going to change much here other than it's just going to allow us to grow faster and give me a little bit more time to focus on, on doing even more with the podcast and getting it on even more platforms. So that is my little announcement in relation to testing and reassessing. And that's where we are after 10 years, we have fully moved, slowly migrated from online radio to popular podcast. So um, that's my marketing lessons learned from 300,000 downloads on the podcast and reaching 10,000 listeners a month. Um, I think most of you have pretty much migrated over to listening to the podcast almost all the time. Um, so I don't think it will really make much of a difference for most people. It might just be a blip on the radar, but um, 
what I, what my heart is and what my mission is, is to promote you as indie artists. And I feel like the best platform for doing that is the podcast. And I'm going to try harder to, you know, get more opportunities to share the podcast in different locations with some of the extra time that I'm gaining, gaining from not having the radio station. So I hope that explains that to you guys. I didn't really know how to announce it. So I thought I'd just do it on this episode and, and stick it in with a bunch of really helpful marketing content. So um, thank you guys so much for showing up. I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of your support over the years to Women of Substance. And I look forward to continuing to work with you in the future after, you know, it's been 10 years. So we're starting our 11th year already and we're not stopping anytime soon. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com with editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.